Welcome to Camp Thurman Bible Study. Um, familiar faces, some new faces, but this is my favorite thing we do at Camp Thurman. I know summer is like a big deal, but Bible study is pretty special. I love just getting to be with you guys, not at work, just uh, growing in the Lord together. So my prayer for all of this is that these Bible studies are a time of growth and that they're a place of refuge. So we're going to grow by reading God's word. We believe that the truth of God's word can change our lives. Um, so we're going to take that seriously. And we're going to dig into scripture. We'll talk about it, discuss it. Um, but I want this to be a place of refuge. I know life is hard. I know just some of y'all's stories. I know there's grief and there's pain and there's struggles with friends. There's stuff at school. There's stuff at home. Life is hard. And so I want this to be a place where y'all can come together and just have fellowship under the hope of the gospel. That's what we do here. So, we are going to study Revelation <laughs> this fall. Uh, it seems like y'all are pretty excited. If you're not excited, or if at any point this semester you have complaints, we have a specific email uh, to complain about. It's cinema at Camp <laughs> No, cinema talked to me and to encourage me to teach Revelation. I'm actually super excited. Um, it's a book that's kind of weird. I think we can say that, and that's okay. It's different. It's kind of intimidating. But I fully believe that Revelation is a book that is applicable to our lives today. Um, so there's, there's kind of two ways that people think about Revelation. There's some people that look at it and they think, that's weird. That's kind of scary. That's intimidating. I don't know how to understand that. I'm just not going to read it. That's one kind of pitfall that we fall into. There's some people that just go crazy with it. I don't know if y'all have met people or heard people talking about this, and they just make Revelation like the roadmap to end times prophecy. And they say crazy stuff. They read Revelation kind of right next to the news, and they're like, oh, well, you know, Russia must be the beast from the sea. And they try to make all these connections that just aren't there. So our goal is to read Revelation because it matters, because God in his wisdom saw fit to make it not just in our Bibles, but Revelation is the exclamation point at the end of the Bible. This is the book that God said, that one, that's the grand conclusion to this whole Bible that I'm giving them. I want them to read Revelation last. So we can't not read it, but we need to be responsible with how we read it. We need to be careful not to misunderstand it, not to force it to say stuff that we want it to say, just to read it as God has given it to us. So here's what today is going to be. We're not going to dig into it just yet. We're just going to kind of look ahead to what we're doing, kind of get a feel for what Revelation is. So sort of three questions I just want to talk about are, number one, what is Revelation? Uh, number two, how do we read it? Like if we want to read it well, how do we read it and understand it? What's our strategy? And then the third one is just, what are the most important themes? What are we going to get out of this study to help us grow to know and love Jesus more? So far, so good? Hey, and if you have questions, have we explained this yet? I have not. Cool. This is a cool thing. This is Sozo's idea. So if you want to complain about it, uh, hers is Bree, B-R-I, at CampThurman.org. So, yeah, we're like five minutes in and I've doxed two people already. <laughs> this is great. Um, no, just kidding. Don't complain to her. But if you have questions, you can use that QR code and send me questions. That way, ideally, <laughs> I don't get derailed on all of my rabbit trails. Um, if you haven't been here, you might you might know, you might not. I have a tendency to say things that are kind of off the wall. <laughs> no, they're, they're Which is ironic the because they're on the wall. <laughs> yeah, I said that so I could make that specific. <laughs> <laughs> what do you hear about me? Oh, sorry. <laughs> Send it to me in the QR code. 
Um, so yeah, sometimes I say crazy things. I'm kind of scared that they're recording this. I might incriminate myself. But if you have questions, send it through the QR code. I'll figure out how to find them, and I'll do my best to answer whatever I can answer. Does that make sense? Cool. Yeah. So as we figure it out, she can do it. All right. So what is Revelation other than the last book of the Bible? What do y'all know about it? What have you heard about it? Uh, Armageddon. Armageddon. Yeah, that comes to people's minds. What else? What? Written by John. Written by John. Yeah. Nice. Which John? Yeah, the, he was <laughs> the one who still had his head off. So yeah, John back then was like it is today. It's a pretty popular name. Um, so what'd you say? Yeah, the one who got so he's writing from an island called Patmos. He got kicked out of wherever he was living. So we think it was probably John the Apostle. Um, there's kind of a big debate, and it doesn't really matter too much. Whoever it was, the Lord inspired him and spoke through him and uh, saw fit to record his words as the conclusion of our scriptures. But I'll say it's John the Apostle. Um, if you want more information about why I think it was him and not some other John, you can send that in, and I'll talk about it more. What else do you know about Revelation? Armageddon, John, what else? Mark of the Beast. Mark of the Beast, yeah. License plates. Say license plates? Yeah. My dad's license plate has three sixes on. He was very frustrated. With oh no! <laughs> yeah, I think one of it has a bunch of very useful letters at the beginning on what to do and what not to do. Yeah, so it's partly a letter. Yeah, so it was written by John. He was writing from exile because he got kicked out of wherever he was living and had to go live on an island. Um, it was written to the seven churches of Asia Minor, which is modern day. Does anybody know? Turkey. Turkey. Yeah. Nice. Wow. Good. Written to seven churches in Asia Minor. Seven is a significant number, though. What does seven oftentimes mean? Completion, perfection. So the idea is it's written to this original audience, seven churches, but it's written to the seven churches. And I think the image behind that is it's written for all of God's people everywhere always. So we might live in a different context, a different time and place in history, but it's written for our benefit, for us to live wisely and faithfully. Um, it was written probably during the reign of someone named Domitian. Do you guys know anything about a Roman emperor named Domitian. Do <laughs> what? Omit things. Hey, plus, I'm not a Latin guy. I don't know Latin. Do you say Domitian? You probably know more Latin than I do. We'll say Domitian. whenever there's an I in Latin in the original pronunciation, it would have been an East. I'm just lazy, so I say Domitian. Uh, so, so it's written like right before 180. And Domitian wasn't great to Christians. This is a time where emperor worship was a thing. And so if you go to a sporting event, if you go to the theater, if you go to like a public, anything in public, you get up there and light incense and you'd say Caesar. If that's not his name, that's a title. You'd say Caesar is Lord. Right? You would have to sacrifice to the gods if you were a woodworker or a metal worker. Part of your work was probably making idols and altars. Uh, so there is emperor worship, there's worship of all the Roman gods, maybe a few Greek gods left over, and there was just a lot of immorality. There was sexual immorality, there was greed, there was just people wanting more and more money, there was people taking advantage of vulnerable people, and so it was kind of a, a tough place to be alive and especially a tough place to be a Christian. Around this time, people were starting to look at Christians, Christianity was growing, and they're like, hey, these Christians are not doing what we're doing. <laughs> They're not swearing their allegiance to Caesar. They're uh, not worshiping our gods. They're not showing up to our parties. They're 
not making idols, and so Christians were starting to get persecuted. This meant they were being killed, they were being sent to deserted islands, it meant they were being exiled or even just made fun of, ostracized from their friends and family. Christians lost their jobs. If you were a woodworker or a metal worker and you said, hey, I'm not going to do any of this pagan idol stuff, people would stop buying your work. And so Christians were losing their jobs. Um, so, so you have sort of two approaches. You have some Christians who lose their jobs, they're suffering, they're losing friends and family in different ways. And they're saying, okay, Jesus, we're being super faithful to you, and our life is kind of hard. What's going on? And they had other Christians who started to compromise. They would say, well, like, I'll show up to the parties, but maybe I won't like, do the sacrifice. So I'll just kind of hide in the corner. Or, hey, I'll like, swear my allegiance to Caesar, but not like mean it in my heart. I'll just say it out loud and not actually mean it. So you have Christians who are suffering and Christians who are compromising. Those are kind of the two just broad category groups of Christians. So John is writing to them to say, Hey, listen, if you are suffering, guess what? There is hope in Jesus Christ, the true and faithful witness. And if you're compromising, it's kind of a swift kick in the pants to like get it together because that's not okay. Jesus is Lord. And if you even walk the walk of someone else being Lord, that's a big deal. That's betraying our Savior. So Revelation is a book of warning and hope. We need to talk about genre. Do you guys know, like, what does that word mean to you when you hear genre? I know I'm suspicious of French things, too. <laughs> We should cut that out later. Like genre of music? Yeah, okay, yeah, that's a good example. So music genres, right? You have like... Classifications. Like, there's a classifications, yeah. So the genre of music would be like hip-hop or rock or rock or country. Or if you're a Florida Georgia line, you're mixing, you know, country and hip-hop, which like, they're an abomination. So they're like the beast from the sea, actually. No. We'll cut that one out, too. But okay, so like genres are like classifications. You have genres of movies, right? And so like if you're watching a Western movie, like what things do you expect to see in a Western movie? Pistols. Pistols. Yeah. What else? Clint Eastwood. Clint Eastwood. If you're watching, okay, what about this? If you're watching a uh, a Hallmark movie, what's in like every single Hallmark movie? Christmas. It's Christmas time. Always, forever. What else? A couple. A couple. What? They yeah, they misunderstand each other. Somebody's from a small town. And somebody's from a big city. Right? This is like these are the rules. Okay, so here's 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 what I'm getting at. Here's what I'm getting at. Genres have rules. Right? You're never watching like a Hallmark movie and you're expecting like Leatherface to show up with a chainsaw and start hacking people. Like that doesn't happen in Hallmark movies. So what I'm getting at is the Bible has different genres. When we read the Psalms, we read it differently than the historical books, right? And so when the Psalms say, God is a lion, oh, that means God has a mane and a tail. No, it just means that God is powerful, right? So you need to understand the rules of the genre of whatever you're studying. So if you've noticed, Revelation is kind of different. What kind of genre is it? Does anybody know? No, it's a letter. And it's a letter? It's a letter. Yeah. And I'll add, it's an apocalypse. So it's a mixed genre. And that's not bad. You can mix genres and not be Florida Georgia line. All right. Like, you can have, like, rom, like rom-com is a mixed genre, right? It's romance and comedy. It's romance, but it's funny, which, like, most romance is funny for a lot of reasons. Um, you ever, like, see people and be like, why are they together? But it's beautiful and it works out. That's a rom-com in real life. <laughs> <laughs> Save it's gonna be busy editing out all my wall quotes. It's 
true though. You're laughing because it's true. Okay. So Revelation is mixed genre. It's a letter. Like that's sort of like he's sending this out to the seven churches and to Christians. Eventually, everywhere will get it. But it's prophecy, and prophecy is not just future. If you read the Old Testament prophets. Sometimes they're saying, hey, this is what God says about your situation right now. This is what God says. That's what prophecy essentially is. Sometimes it's future-oriented. Sometimes it's just, here's the truth. (laughs) Apocalypse is kind of like prophecy, but it's like big. It's just wild imagery. It's symbolism. It's um, sometimes you're going up to heaven and seeing what's happening in heaven. Sometimes you're seeing spiritual beings fight. Like, apocalypse is like the sci-fi of the biblical world. Okay? It's, it's meant to be intense. It's maybe meant to be read more like poetry than history. Um, it's still real. It's still true. But we need to understand what's happening. So, for example, in Revelation, John talks about Babylon. Babylon didn't exist anymore at that time. Babylon was a nation or an empire that was defeated like hundreds of years before Revelation was written. But what people back then knew about Babylon is it was a violent empire. They killed lots of innocent people. They were ruthless. Uh, They were pagan. They loved lots and lots of gods except for the one true God. Um, They persecuted God's people. Um, And they were known for their luxury and their wealth. And they had all the stuff because they abused people to get it. So... John is taking Babylon, and he's using it as kind of a code word for their current government, which was the Roman government. So that does two things. Number one, it's kind of a sneaky way to critique the people who are in charge of you, because the Romans may or may not have known about Babylon. But number two, it's a way that John is saying, it's not just Rome that we're mad about. We're mad about any empire that opposes God. We're mad about any nation or empire that uses people, that harms people, that treats people terribly, that opposes the one true God and um, is terrible to people. So Babylon is just an example of symbolism in Revelation. So it's a apocalyptic prophecy letter. That's the genre that helps as we try to interpret it faithfully. So that's a little bit of what... Revelation is. I'm going to go super quick on just how we're going to study it. We're going to go back and we're going to try to figure out what did this mean to its original audience. I said this last year and I was quoting somebody else. But the Bible was not written to you. Right? Like John didn't sit down and write, I'm going to write to Jethro or Nate. Uh, He's like, I'm not writing to Sabian. He says, I'm writing to the seven churches. (laughs) Right? Paul is not writing to you in the book of Romans. He's writing to the Christians in Rome. Right? But the Bible is for our benefit. And so every single word in God's word is for our benefit to make us more and more like Jesus, to grow us in our knowledge and love of the Lord. So we're going to try to understand originally what did this mean to their original audience. We're going to kind of compare and contrast our situation. I don't know if you thought about this, but while I was talking about the situation of these seven churches, if you think, hey, maybe there's some comparisons. Maybe people make fun of you if you're trying to follow Jesus, if you're trying to live in a way that honors the Lord. Or maybe you hear and think, oh man, like here's some ways that I might be compromising in my life. Or here's some ways that I'm suffering. Maybe it's not even persecution. We're just suffering in a broken and fallen world. And so you kind of draw those comparisons. Then we're going to look at the big picture truths of God and his world and his word. Um, and then apply those to our lives and say, how does this call us to live differently today as we follow Jesus Christ? That's our method. We'll do that more just as we get into the text. Last, what is Revelation about? What are the major themes? What are the major um, just concepts that we're going to circle around? Most people, you'd say, hey, what's Revelation about? And they would say, it's about the end times, (laughs) right? Like, that's kind of the general impulse. And it's true. Like, there are things in Revelation about Jesus' return. He's going to come back. He's going to make all things new. He's going to judge the living and the dead. Um, So we need to pay attention to those things. But Revelation 
is more than anything about our current lives. It's about the glory of the one true God. If you read Revelation, one thing that shows up over and over is the Lamb of God, who is Jesus, right? It talks about the Lamb who had been slain. He looked as if he was dead, but then he was raised to life. And that Lamb shares the throne with God. <laughs> so we worship Jesus, the one true God. Um, and this book is about God's glory. The throne takes the central place in Revelation, right? We're, we're taken up to the throne room, and this is this just beautiful image of God's glory as expressed in these visions of what heaven looks like. And then it's about worship. So it's about God and the right response, which is worship. There's several chapters just devoted to pouring out praise towards the one true God who created us, who redeemed us, who's going to come back and make all things new. Right? And so we should read Revelation and it should just capture our imaginations because it's wild. <laughs> but it should draw our hearts towards the Lord in true and proper worship. Right? We all worship. Like if you're not a Christian, you worship. Right? And even as Christians, sometimes our worship is not always aimed in the right direction. Right? We think about idolatry and we think about like statues, but anything that you place as supremely important is what you are worshiping. The things that take away all of your time and your money and your attention, those are potential idols. Right? What's interesting, you think about like the idols that they worshipped in um, biblical times, and these were the gods of sex. <laughs> these were the gods of love. These were the gods of work, of your trade. They were the gods of war, the gods of sport, the gods of violence. And so we would say, oh yeah, I don't worship idols, but like, we're really doing the same thing. We just are doing it in a different way. So Revelation is kind of a gut check to sit down and say, who is my Lord? I know like we say, Jesus is Lord, but how often do our lives not testify to that reality? And that's okay. It's good to sit down and go, hmm, maybe I need to be um, drawn towards the Lord in, in loving correction. It's a book about hope. Right? Like I said, it's about Christians who are being persecuted, being made fun of, losing jobs because of their faith. But even then, like it's a book about living in a broken and fallen world. Revelation is a book where God judges evil, where God pours out his wrath on all of the powers behind sin and sickness and death and suffering, all the things that make God's good world not how it's supposed to be. God finally sets it right. Revelation looks forward to the new creation, right? And it, there's this beautiful picture where... Jesus comes back and he makes all things new and God says, I will wipe every tear from their eyes. And I think of that, like, I'm a dad, I've got two little kiddos, and like, I do that a lot because my kids cry daily. Um, this is part of being a baby and a three-year-old. And so like, just to hold them. And you think like, what does it look like to wipe the tears off of someone's eyes? Like, I'm, I'm holding Micah the other day because he like, fell down and just like, ate it. So like, you're trying not to laugh because it's funny when kids fall down. He wasn't hurt. He was just embarrassed. So I'm like holding him. He's like kind of big for three-year-olds. So I'm holding him and I'm just like wiping his tears. And I think like, that's the image we're supposed to get. Like God's like not maybe literally going to physically hold us. But just the image of our Heavenly Father just wiping away our tears. Just dealing with all of our hurts that we've accumulated over this life. Tolkien says it something like this. He says, everything sad will become untrue, right? And so to think that that's the hope that we have in Revelation. It's a book for people who are suffering from one thing or another. And like I said, Revelation's a book about warning. And I don't know about you guys, but I kind of need both of those messages. It depends on how I wake up. Um, I think probably all of us carry suffering. I think all of us probably carry temptation to compromise. And so Revelation is a loving <laughs> but firm warning that we need to submit to Jesus as Lord. Um, if our lives are cluttered by idols, then the, the message that we send to the world is that Jesus isn't enough. 
And Revelation's firm message is that Jesus is enough. He will satisfy you. He's going to make everything new. He's going to wipe away your sins. He's going to wipe away your tears. Jesus is enough. And so reading Revelation just takes our hearts and just tunes our hearts to the beauty of the gospel. If you've been to Bible study, you've maybe just heard me talk about this. Like the way that I like to summarize the gospel is that God saves sinners and he's going to make all things new. And Revelation takes those two themes and just binds them up together and says, here is our hope. Here's our encouragement. Go listen to this message and be faithful to the one true God. Walk in the way of the Lamb. And so that's what we'll be talking about this semester. I'm super excited. Um, We're going to have a time of worship because Revelation is a book about worship. And so we're going to have a space to do that. I always like to encourage Bible study people and everybody Belt it out. It's okay if you can't sing. Just be loud. There is something that is so good for your soul about just worshiping the Lord deeply and loudly and enthusiastically, and it'll catch on. Um, There's something that's good for your mental health about worshiping. There's been studies of just corporate singing that's good for you. So we're going to sing to the Lord. We're going to worship the Lamb who is worthy, um, and we're going to be talking about this beautiful and strange and confusing and compelling book this semester. So I'm looking forward to it. We'll worship and then I'll look at questions if there are any and we'll talk about them. Thank you for listening to the first episode of our Camp Thurman Bible Study Listening Series. Whether you are listening right after we put this out or 10 years in the future, I hope that you are able to have some kind of insight or some kind of uh, thoughtful experience behind it. We hope that you can make this series uh, a part of your weekly routine uh whether it's on your way to work on your way to school class uh if you're working out while you're listening to this or if this is just your quiet bible time your time with god i hope that you can have this every single week as you move forward right now you can go and listen to episode two Uh, It's out right now. You can go listen then. And then every Thursday, we are going to be putting out the next episode in the series. If we ever have a break, we'll let you know at the end of the episode, um, just letting you know when our next is coming out. Also, be on the lookout for a Camp Thurman podcast, okay? This is our listening series on our Bible study that's recorded live, but we actually want to do a podcast where we sit down and have a more intimate discussion about things, not just Jethro up there talking um, to 30 people and then everybody else that's listening online, but we actually want to sit down and have a discussion that you can be a part of. So you can go listen to episode two right now, be on the lookout for the Camp Thurman podcast, and then we will see you next Thursday for the next episode in our listening series. Until then, God bless, be safe, and we'll see you on Thursday.